Greetings, I'm Carly Coakley, and we're honored to be joined by Valerie Biden-Owens on today's episode of Podcast is a Seven-Letter Word. Valerie is one of the first women ever to manage both a U.S. Senate campaign and a presidential campaign, having advised Democratic candidates over a trailblazing decades-long career in politics. And you might just recognize her last name. She happens to be the sister of President Joe Biden and has led every campaign of his storied career. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. To kick it off, how about you tell us why you wrote this book and what you were hoping to tell readers about uh, Joe Biden and, and the Biden family? Well, I, was, I wrote the book more to tell readers uh, about themselves. Uh, I think um, I'm a storyteller, and most of the stories in this book I had written before. The hard part was to put them all together in some kind of sequence that made sense. But I, I think that um, the book, I would say, is about the magic of family. And every family has its own stories. Surely mine, with my brother Joe as president, is, is a little unique. But what I've said before is that the, the threads that weave the fabric, fabric of family together, which are commitment and loyalty and hope and also heartbreak, and disappointment and loss are the same threads that run through all of our families. Uh, we just have a little different versions of it in our stories. So what what I think, what I wanted to happen with this book is, Dave, if you read it and you, when you put it down, you could say, gosh, I, I saw myself in that story or I saw my brother or that sounds like my uncle. I mean, it's the connection, and it's a little bit of empathy, a fancy word for connecting with others, and I think that that's what we could use a whole lot today, a lot of connections and understanding and appreciating the worth in other families as well. Would you say, is it difficult advising your older brother? Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, I tease uh, uh, and I said it's not easy raising an older brother, but we really and truly have been best friends my entire life. I don't remember doing anything without him, um, you know, telling me that, you know, to come along, teaching me how to do it. And I did get married all by myself, all on my own. But uh, short of that, I, I think every major event, he, I was with him in all the little minor ones. He was, we've been best friends. So a lot of people know about your brother's political career. I'd be curious to know what he's really like as a brother. Um, and when we were talking earlier, just the Seven Letter staff, we had lunch with Valerie and got to ask a few questions about the book. You told this amazing story about uh, throwing a ball through the wall, your brother encouraging you. Um, could you tell us that story a little bit and, and just tell us a little bit about what Joe was like as a brother on the personal side of things? Uh, Joe was a magnificent brother. And look, when I... I'm I'm very um, cautious of telling uh, and talking about him because I don't have to make him or my other brothers anything better than they already are. You know, good is good enough. So he's a real live person. You know, he doesn't walk on water. He doesn't lay the hands on and everything's cured. He's just a really decent human being. And uh, he was, uh, he's been good to me my entire life. I was. I told the story in in our meeting right before this that when my brother told me that he could do that I could do anything that he could do, 
And he said, I could do it better. He said, I was smarter, I was stronger, I was braver, and I wasn't. I mean, I was a little girl, he's three years older, and uh, that's a big deal when you're growing up, a, a three-year span. And an example is he took a, a baseball, and he threw it across the room, and he hit the wall. And it was a long throw. And then he went and got the baseball, and he brought it back to me, and he said, okay, now you, you throw it through the wall. And I did, because he told me I could. And I figured that I, not a conscious thought, but I knew that I owed it to him and to myself to try to be that little girl who's grown up to the big girl that he thought I was capable of being. So he was kind. He was kind, he was good, he was just, and he was honest. And you played a substantial role in all of your brother's political campaigns going back to Delaware Council. Um, can you talk about what that experience was like, being the only woman with a seat at the table um, and being kind of the um, the pioneer in, that, in the political campaign space? Well, I, I didn't you know, know enough to know that I was a pioneer. I mean, my brother said he was going to run for office, and um, I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll go along with you. It was a good thing that we didn't know what we didn't know because it was politics, again, a broad stroke, but politics was an all-boys sport. I had it a whole lot better than a lot of women because my brother pulled up a chair at the table and said to the table, which was all men, this is my sister. Whatever she says, she's the boss. Everything goes through her. The reason he did that is... Uh, there was complete trust. And my only agenda was Joe. And so what he was able to do, because I was home, uh, figuratively speaking, taking care of the ranch, you know, taking care of the headquarters, he could go out and do what only he could do, which was connect with the voters, listen to their, their values, see if what he thought meshed with theirs, and, you know, and try and win the election. So he didn't have to second guess what was happening back at home. And I've said, you heard me say earlier this morning, I don't have a PhD in political science or campaign management, but I do have a PhD in Joe Biden. So I could complete his sentences. And, uh, and as he, with mine, it, it just, it was, I was a sidekick. I was with him all the time. Again, exaggerating for the point of emphasis, but we did everything together. And there's a quote, Edith Wharton is a, our great American novelist. And she said, there are two ways to spread the light. One is to be the candle, and the other the mirror that reflects it. And my brother Joe made sure that it worked both ways. Sometimes I was the mirror, he was the candle, but we, we flipped it around a lot. It was a two-way street, always. As you read your book, the, the thing that, that kind of sticks with the reader is just how grounded in values the Biden family really is. Um, and that seems to come from your parents. Uh, and so I wonder, you know, what would your parents think knowing that, that your brother made it all the way to the White House and that you, his little sister, played such a central role in his entire political career being his campaign manager? Uh, it seems like that togetherness is so central to your life. And I wonder if they would even be surprised that right to the end, right to the very top, you guys were in it together working in tandem. No, they wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think they would be disappointed if we weren't. And I have three brothers and, you know, they're all good guys. Um, I, I 
I don't think that they would be disappointed or one way or the other if Joe were were not president. It wasn't it wasn't about that. One of the things though that I'm cautious about, <coughs> excuse me, is my parents instilled values or tried to instill three basic values in growing up, which is faith and family and responsibility to one another and to the community at large. But again, I don't. Um, I I don't want to present ourselves as this great family with these great values and look what wonderful things we've done. Because when you when you put yourself on a pedestal or allow yourself to be on a pedestal, all you can do is fall. I think we were just like not. We were very 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 much like many middle class. Irish Catholic background we happen to have, but many middle-class American families who grew up in the mid-20th century. I don't think my family values were a whole lot different uh, than perhaps yours. Uh, it's just that, um, I mean, we, we, took, uh, we, we took our parents' word. My, brother, my parents told us that we were a gift to one another, my brothers and I, and, um, and we believed it. Uh, and as I've said before, my, my brothers were a gift. My husband I earned. But uh, we, we, we bought the whole thing. We, you know, there's family, there's family, and then there's family. I mean, who else in the end do you have to rely on? Joe was always the leader. Um, and he wasn't the, the kid who stood up and pounded his chest and said, come follow me, I'm the leader. But people gravitated to him because of his kindness and his integrity and uh and he's smart and i'll tell you what it comes from, i think it comes from you know sometimes your your greatest strengths or your greatest weaknesses and these terrible things that happen to you is like they turn out to, to work in your favor well the story that i told is my brother one time he was a little boy had a terrible stutter and he couldn't string more than three words together he was made fun of by adults and by kids because we can we all have a mean streak you know that we have all have a potential to be a bully and he's been bullied so I I think that uh having knowing knowing what it feels like to be humiliated knowing what it feels like to be uh discarded as stupid or not worthy um having tasted that and felt that gave him the, what I think is sorely lacking in, in a lot of our society today is empathy. And so my brother uh, has always had it. When he, he, he's one, he knows what it feels like to walk the walk. And he's, he's a great talker, which we all tease about, but he's even a better listener. And he's an even better listener when you have to listen between the lines when you know the difference between a pause and a sigh, when you know the difference between a cadence and, and noise. And Joe knows that. He's because I think of the of the stuttering. So it's genuine, it's true. You can't you can't fake that. Yeah. And people are gravitated to him always as kids. What would you tell women in politics uh, in general about getting involved? today, uh, and if there was anything you wish you had known about campaigns that you would want to share? 
Well, I'm glad I didn't know in 1972 about campaigns because I never would have done it. I mean, I would have been too intimidated, you know. But uh, uh, so, as I said, if I didn't know what I didn't know, so I just, if, hell, if Joe could be senator at 29, I sure could be campaign manager at 26. So <laughs> I just went in. What I, but th- through, uh, especially from 72 on, uh, women, we are not our sister's keepers. You know, when we got a spot on the chart or a desk at the office, we kept it that because there's only one desk or one spot and it was mine you know and i i'm not giving you you figure it out honey you figured out yourself how to get here that has changed not enough but it's changed a great deal and i think the two things that matter most now with women and being involved it doesn't matter politics or business or just in politics and business that's real life that's dealing with people with limited resources, scarce commodities, and figuring how you're going to get along. And what we have to do is to be aware of mentoring and sponsoring. And there's a difference. Mentor means, come on, come on, Dave, I'll put you, come along, I'll put you under my wing, I'll teach you, I'll show you the ropes, and I'll tell you what you're supposed to do, and, you know, we'll work this out. And... But I also then have to say to you, Carly, I'm not just going to mentor you. I want to sponsor you, which means come along with me, and here's, here's what we're working on. It's a big pool. We don't know what we're going to do, and guess what I'm going to do with you? I'm going to take you, and I'm going to throw you into the pool. I'm going to walk along the side of the pool. If you start to drown, I can put my hand down and pull you up. But I'm going to, instead of saying, pat, 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 you're, such, you're good, you can, you can do this, I'm going to say, show me. And let me be there to support you. And I think more women are starting to do that because we've got more opportunity and the playing field is bigger. And now I just don't have to worry about my spot. But, you know, when you only have one one shot and one person to worry about, it's you. Then you could be have the largesse to think about the rest of your family or the rest of your community if you have to survive. So women were surviving in 72, but now we're, we're flourishing. We still have a long way to go. But we got we got to dig into this mentorship and sponsorship. So last question: uh, You've been involved in every single one of your brother's campaigns, beginning in 1970 on a, a city council um, uh, election. What is the one thing that you think is kind of the secret to President Joe Biden's success that's been able that that has allowed him to have this decades long career and continue to connect with people in a way that so many politicians lose after some time in elected office? Well, he's whip smart. A, he has. I think he has the 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 qualities which we look for in. Well, I look for in leaders, which is the temperament, the empathy character, intelligence, and integrity. I mean, with Joe Biden, there is no daylight between the private man and the public person. You know where he stands. You like it or you don't like it. But there is no, uh, he is authentic and he has integrity. And, uh, and he, whatever he says he's going to do, he's going to do the best that he can to, to keep that promise and be the best Joe Biden that he can be. Outstanding. Well, Valerie, we really enjoyed reading Growing Up Biden. It's an amazing look into uh, the family of President Joe Biden. uh, And having you on today's podcast has been a thrill. Thank you so much for your time uh, and best of luck. Thank you very much.